1 Timothy. Now I believe that these pastoral epistles are 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And the reason they're called pastoral epistles is because they, for the most part, are instructive of a pastor and his duties in the church, and the churches also. That's not all that's there, but that's the most part. All right. See, if you're going through the New Testament, you're, you're going to put all the books of the New Testament into a library. You're going to get the Gospels first. You could put uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke into one section and John in another because that's what people do. Some of them do it because they're trying to get John away from the rest of them because they don't like what John's message is. But if you're just categorizing them, then you have the synoptic Gospels. S-Y-N-O-P-T-I-C. Sin is together. Optic, C, C together. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are similar. John, you'd put that in the category of the, the Johannine Gospel. All right, so those are the Gospels. Then you would get into New Testament history. And that's the book of Acts. All right. Then you get into the epistles of Paul. There's 13 of those. Then you could get into the writings of James, John again, and then Peter. And then you put the revelation in the apocalypse, the apocalyptic literature of the New Testament. So, uh, is that all of them? Jude is by himself. Anyway, those categories of the New Testament. So in the first letter to Timothy, nobody knows for sure the date of the writing. I rather believe that it's towards the end of Paul's ministry. And that's why, because you see in here, he said, I fought the good fight, I finished my course. So this pretty much has to be towards the end of his ministry. Now, then look at Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Now, there's something about this. By commandment. Apostle by commandment. During the apostle Paul's ministry, he had Judaizers following him, trashing him, telling everybody that he wasn't a real apostle. Those people are still with us today. Many of them say that. He was because he wasn't one of the original 12. He himself said he was as an abortion late. But he was an apostle. So why does he say by the commandment? He said, I'm under the command of God. My apostleship is under the command of God. Just for example, look, go back to the first chapter of Romans. Romans. 
This is an epistle of Paul. He wrote 13. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. What is Paul doing? He's emphasizing his calling of God. And you can't blame him. Uh, look at the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Now, Sosthenes is just Paul and Sosthenes. But Paul, called to be an apostle through the will of God. That's pretty authoritative, isn't it? All right, look at 2 Corinthians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia. But the will of God, by the will of God. Okay, look at uh, Galatians. Paul, I'm, I'm looking at the first verse of the books. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Now, pretty authoritative. He said, I wasn't called of man. Uh, not of men, not by man. My apostleship is of God. Amen. Uh, now, uh, Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. To the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ. So there again. But now, he doesn't do that in Philippians. Uh, evidently, he didn't feel the need to do it there. In the church... Philippi. Uh, Paul and Timotheus, uh, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints. So he didn't do it there. Then in Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Uh, so there he, he defends. Actually, he's defending his, his apostleship. Uh, now, 1 Thessalonians, he didn't. And 2 Thessalonians, he doesn't. Uh, but then in 1 Timothy, he does. Let's see, 2 Timothy, I think he does too. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. According to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's see if he does it in Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, the acknowledging of the truth, which is that for godliness. Who wants to argue with that? <laughs> uh, then in uh, Philemon, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, what do you call that in he doesn't in Hebrews, that's 
Hebrews is a general, general uh, letter. I think it's, what other one have I missed? Okay. We got Philemon, didn't we? Yeah, okay. But uh, in most of his epistles, he puts a, actually a defense or maybe a polemic. You know, a, an apology from a scriptural standpoint is a defense of the faith. Comes from the Greek word apologia. But if you go on the attack, that's called a polemic. So some people are apologetic, not apologizing, but defending the faith, and others are polemical. I have heard rumors that sometimes I get pretty polemical. I don't know, just rumors, I don't know that. Okay. <laughs> I like a good attack. <laughs> uh, now back at First Timothy. Uh, unto Timothy, of course this is the address of this letter. My own son in the faith, or my, my, tr- my real, my true son in the faith. Actually Timothy is not his son. But he is his son in the faith. We don't do much of that talking like that but a lot of the black brethren most of them do he's my son in the faith or you know they they talk like that we don't do it they're right we're right we're not they do talk like that because uh paul had worked with him paul brought him the gospel my son in the faith grace mercy and peace there's the divine order Grace, mercy, peace. That's the divine order. Always in that order. From God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia. Now get your map. Now this map is from about 120 A.D. And you have to have maps from the very the, the time that you're dealing with. You're not going to have a different map of the world. You know why? You're not going to have a different map of the world. The territory is the same. Since the flood, it would have been a lot different before the flood. But you just got the same amount of land. But at various times, the borders and the nations change. And that's what you have to keep up with. All right. So look at your map. You got the big blue Mediterranean Sea. Uh, On the bottom of the map... That's the northern coast of Africa, the continent of Africa. You see Mauritania, then moving around to the right. There you see Carthage, they're on the coast. Then coming on around, you see 
Numidia. Coming on to the right, you see Cyrene. Can anybody tell me who in the New Testament came from Cyrene? Huh? Yeah, Simeon in the book of Acts 13. And also, Simon of Cyrene is the one they carry the cross. So there's Cyrene right there. Then you come on and you see Memphis and all those little Alexandria. Well, that's what we would call Egypt. And uh, then you go on up, up the coast there. You come to, well, you see Gaza or Gaza. And then you see Jerusalem. Of course, Palestine is a whole territory there. Caesarea, Tyre, Sidon, Damascus, Syria, and there's Antioch. And that's the church we in Acts 13. They ordained Paul and sent him out. Then as you come on the coast, uh, There's Cilicia. Well, that's actually Tarsus right there. Yeah, up above Antioch. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pisidia, Lycia, and there's Asia, Laodicea, Sardis, Pergamum. And you recognize all those terms, all those words. From the New Testament. Now, the sea we encounter there up there, Smyrna, and you go straight on up, there's Thrace, and then north of that is Moesia, north of that is Dacia. Well, at this time, that's what those countries were called. Dacia is Romania. I don't know whether they still manufacture them or not. Do you ever see any Dacia cars over there, brother? When you was over there? Well, they that uh, they manufactured a car. It was called the Dacia, and that's what what is named for. What they used to be called. Uh, now it's Romania. Uh, but then you see, look at Thrace. And come all around to the left, big, big letters there, Macedonia. Now all of that little southern tip there is Macedonia. Paul said he, when he went into Macedonia, he intended for Timothy to stay uh, in Ephesus while I went into Macedonia. Well, now Ephesus is back over here in Asia Minor. That's a little ways away. Huh? That's a little ways away. Yeah. yeah. You go down, see Smyrna. That's Ephesus right there south of Smyrna on the coast. And that's where these churches were. 
But now if you're on a on foot or riding a raft, you're talking about a long ways. This sea, of course, you got a that's the two pages going together there. That white line doesn't belong there. But that sea right there between Asia Minor and Macedonia, that's the Aegean Sea. And it's, it runs all there, the east coast of Greece. And of, you see where Thessalonica is? Now they call it Thessaloniki, but it's a big uh, bustling city right now. I've been in there. But now there's nothing there to, from the days of Paul. They don't have anything that old. Anyway, so this, I wanted you to get an idea of what all this was about. You get uh, Dalmatia, Illyricum. Now all those countries are different now. Different names, same territory. Uh, you see Germany way up there. But I wanted you to get, get that where you have an idea of what we're looking at. So Macedonia. Now Macedonia, I don't know what you'd call it, it just got reinstituted back when I was traveling to, to Europe. It's not as big now, but there's a Macedonia today. I've been in it. Uh, passed through it, just didn't spend any time there. But it's in existence today. It wasn't for a long time, but it is now. I think since since the Soviet Union broke up, I think that's when it came back. All right. Questions or comments on that? All right. Chapter 1 and verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia. You should have a better idea of what we're talking about now. Okay. That thou mightest charge some. Well. That's kind of authoritative, isn't it? Charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Well, doctrine that Paul had taught. And Jude says that we earnestly contend for the faith. That's a whole system of doctrine. Once delivered to the saints. And that's what Paul's talking about here. No other doctrine. <clears throat> We're not free to change doctrine. Amen. Now anything that you've got that you kind of think but it's not established doctrine, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the doctrines that make you a believer and a Baptist. These established doctrines. Somebody wants to come up with something new. I don't want your new stuff. Keep it to yourself. And I'll block you from bringing it in here. I don't want it. We don't need new. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. All right. Now, verse 4. Neither give heed to fables. That word is muthos in the Greek. That's myths. Now, Paul said we're not to give heed. To myths. Let's see, what are some myths? Uh, 
what's his name? The the big the big woodcutter. Paul uh huh? Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. One time we was at, at the Grand Canyon. And you go in that ranger station there and they got all these maps and charts and all that. They'll tell you how many millions of years it took to form the Grand Canyon. Big crowd of people around there. And that is a woman that a ranger had on all that. She'd given all that lecture. You you might know me, I'd open my mouth. I said, well, I got got an account of that that's just about as good as yours. You see, there was this great big old wood chopper back years ago. Paul Bunyan was his name. And he had a blue ox named Babe. And he came walking out here to the West Coast. And he got tired about the time he got here and he dropped his axe and pulled it along the way. And thus we have the Grand Canyon. I said, that makes as much sense as what you've said. The flood of Noah's day caused that. All that is is a washout from a flood. Some of them didn't like me saying that. But I did anyhow. It's like when I was in the Vatican at Rome. Saturday afternoon. Big crowd. They're all waiting. Somebody said, what are we waiting on? I said, we're waiting on the magic show. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, well, either the Pope or one of his buddies is going to come out here. And he's going to perform some magic. He's going to turn a piece of bread into the body of Christ. And a glass of wine into the blood of Christ. Hocus pocus, that's where that came from. Hocus pocus. They came to him and said, you'll have to quieten down. <laughs> I didn't care. If they kicked me out, I didn't care. I done seen out more than I wanted to see. Anyway, neither give heed to fables. At the Southern Baptist Seminary in Kansas City. Now, I don't know that they're still doing this today, but they were doing it. They got their ministerial students in there who are allegedly already to have an undergraduate degree. They're in graduate school now. The first thing the Bible professors teach them to do First, we must demythologize the Bible. If anybody wants to argue with that, I'd be glad to stand with you on it or against you face to face. I'm telling the truth. If you don't like it, get out of it. Now, what are they talking about myth? Well, actually, the creation account. The flood account. Daniel. Jonah. Demythologizing the Bible. Bunch of myths. Oh, and then they taught their Barthianism. I just called it Barthianism. Because it's what it makes you want to do. From Karl Barth, the German theologian. Oh, they, they treated him as if he's some kind of a god. 
It doesn't really matter whether Jesus was born of a virgin or not, just so you believe in Jesus. Doesn't really matter whether you actually worked miracles or not, just so you believe in Jesus. Doesn't really matter whether you actually died to pay for the sins of his people, just so you believe in it. And that came from Anybody ever hear of Emmanuel Kant? K-A-N-T? That's where your drug industry came from. And that's where Billy Graham got his theology. You have an encounter with the Lord. Doesn't, and you can't really tell anybody about it. Just, just, in, just believe in Jesus. Doesn't matter anything about it. Just believe in Jesus. If you read about it, you find out I'm telling the truth. <laughs> now, no, we don't have to demythologize the Bible. There ain't none in there. But now we do need to demythologize all of the public school books. Because they've got loads of myths in them. For example, they say this is from the Pleistocene era. I pronounced it wrong, but I didn't care. The Jurassic era. Where'd that come from? There ain't none of them. They don't exist anywhere in the world. The only place that exists is in an artist's drawing. This era and this era and this era. Myth. That's a myth. Get the myths out of the textbooks. Anyway. Endless genealogies. Now I believe the genealogies that we have in Genesis. And we have some in the historical books of the Old Testament. In Matthew and in Luke. Those are not endless genealogies. You can tell where they start and where they finish. They're not endless. But be careful about those genealogies. Somebody told me one time there was a mistake in the trail of blood because he couldn't find so-and-so in the history books. Well, he's there. I'll tell you his name in just a minute. He's there. They just couldn't find it, but it's there. But it's amazing that we can find out anything about Baptist history with all of the enemies that we've had and all of the book burnings that they've had. It's amazing we can find anything, but that's an amazing thing that the truths come out even from our enemies. But anyway... Endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Let's, let's try to stick to godly edifying. I'm not going to spend my time wondering how old was Adam when he sinned. I believe Adam was a grown man. 
when God created him. That's all I've got to figure. I don't know how long he had been here when he sinned, and you don't know either. Neither's anybody else, and I ain't going to spend my time. I've got better things to do. I need to, I need to do godly edify. Anyway, verse five. Now the end of the commandment, God's commandments, is charity. That's love out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith. Unfeigned, not unfinged. Faked. Feigned is fake. Unfeigned is fake. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Some little girl we know said one time, she just can't, I can't stop talking. <laughs> when somebody just talks and talks and talks, you know they're not making much sense. Anybody ever get any phone calls that you can lay the phone down and go about your work and then 15 minutes later pick it up and you're right, just like a soap opera. It hadn't changed a bit. You haven't missed a thing. Now that's a lot of talking. I don't intend to hang on a phone like that. But that's a lot of talking. And you know somebody that just yap, 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 yap. They haven't got anything worthwhile that they're talking about. Just a bunch of words. Well, that's what he's talking about. Vain jangling. That's what that is. Empty rattling. Talking to hear themselves rattle. Ah, desiring to be teachers of the law, but understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. They're talking, but they don't know what they're talking about. Yes, I believe this, I believe that, but they don't know what they're affirming. That's why he said, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. James 3. Amen. <clears throat> but now we know, Paul says, we know that the law is good. If tease is a word here, doesn't mean men. If one use it lawfully. If a person uses it lawfully, the law is good. Well, well, we don't believe in the law anymore. We're not under law anymore. Do what? They ought to be careful about what they say. There's one way that you can, humanly speaking, convince a person that they are sinners. There it is. Paul said he would not have been on covetous if the law hadn't said the law had said it. 
Well, let's say, get out and preach. Oh, we're not under grace. We're not under law. We're under grace. Now, you know you're a sinner? Really? What sin? Transgression of the law? Really? You said there's no law. I can't be a sinner. There's no law. I ought to watch your mouth what they say. Destroy something that has to be. You can't do it. Now, we know the law is good if a man uses it or if a one uses it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. A man who's been made righteous in Jesus Christ does not have to have the Ten Commandments to teach him that he must put God above everybody. He doesn't need any of those. He knows what's wrong. He's got the Spirit of God in him or her. But for the lawless and disobedient, that's who needs that. For the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, that's always been going on. There are murderers of fathers today. There are murderers of mothers today. It happens all the time. Manslayers. People who murder people. I mean, somebody said, well, I didn't mean to shoot that store clerk. I was just going to rob him. Why'd you go in there with a gun? Well, we need to have mercy on him. He just accidentally shot that little girl behind that counter, uh, that cashier. We, we, we need to have mercy on him. No, no, no. We must try him according to the law and the law of God and execute him according to the law. How about this in verse 10? For whoremongers, that gets you men and women, but for them that defile themselves with mankind. Uh-oh. There's your homosexuals. For men stealers, well, if somebody was a, owned a legal slave, you couldn't steal the man. You were stealing, a man stealer. Or you're stealing a man to make him a slave. For liars, we don't think much about lying. We've got so many lying presidents, lying vice presidents, lying White House representatives. You know the spokesman? They lie through their teeth every time they open their mouths. That woman up there now does. You know how Joe Biden, you can tell he's lying? He's got his mouth moving. Lying is commonplace. And I've even heard people say, oh, well, you got to lie to get elected. For perjured persons. A perjured person is someone who has swore to a lie on a witness stand. That's a prison offense. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it is.
verse 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Wait a minute. Look, look here. Effeminate. A man is not born that way. He makes himself that way. They used to say he got about three pounds of sugar in them loafers. They make themselves that way. Women do not act like that. Not at all. And then now all of this female impersonation. I can't believe they've got them reading to our little kids in libraries. Why do I want some rebellious sinner that don't have sense enough to look and act like what he is in front of my little kids? Somebody ought to be horse whipped over that. When I was in the Navy, San Francisco, we'd hear about those bars over there. I never went to one of them. And I saw some of them that did, and I said, you're as queer as they are. If you enjoy that, you're queer as they are. I don't like to see little boys dress up like girls. I'd want to slap somebody that would do it. Anyway, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, what in the world do you think that is? Effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. I get you drug heads. Nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Some of them repented of it and got out of it. God doesn't save anybody in that mess. But ye are sanctified, you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. i got to quit now. Where did we get to? Verse 11. We'll take up next time.